Alright, welcome back. We're now in North Dakota on the east side. I don't remember the last time we left off on that last podcast, but we were somewhere, I think, in western North Dakota. Yeah, we're not in a city, but it, uh, GPS says current city, Langston, North Dakota. We just passed a road. Langdon. Oh, Langdon? Yeah, Langdon. I can't see anymore, man. My eyes got old. Yeah, that's comforting knowing you're driving and pulling the 42-foot rig behind <laughs> us when you say that. We're also 15 miles south of the Canadian border that is still we shut down. Past the road, 15 miles, so theoretically... 15 fucking miles we can't go to our favorite place. We look left, and the trees on the horizon should theoretically be Canada. Canadian, yeah, Canadian those are, trees. Those are Canadian trees. Is that a Canadian maple leaf over there? I think so. Oh, it's man. blowing our way. It means winter's coming, and it means that 70, degree, 70 below is about to hit. So they won't let us into Canada because of the COVID got to have essential travel and we're carrying guns so yes too you can't get guns in canada you got to leave them and, and we got texas plates and we oh my god yeah we don't open that whole can of worms up. actually our plates are even expired no <laughs> registration but anyway simply because we haven't had our mail forwarded our mail goes to a mail forwarding place because we're on the road all the time and yeah nice just, try jen okay it's like a year past due whatever i'm just it's not something that's no a, january of 20 but okay. I'm literally like we never get pulled over when we're out of Texas. Yeah, so it's and not so like, like we're... yeah, screw it. Why register? Yeah, so Why we just uh, we just kind of let it go. Anyway, okay. yeah. so speaking of Texas, we just turned off of 281. Wait, <laughs> okay, back up. We're driving. That's yes. why the dash cam yes. audio is weird. And just listen to any podcast. We're towing our 40 foot trailer behind our truck, and so you're gonna hear diesel noises. And we're recording this on a dash cam. And we just turned off 281 North. Yep. So we're from Texas. 281 is a staple in our drives around Texas all the time. We come in and out of Texas through 281. We commute in our hometown of San Antonio or uh, one of our hometowns in Texas. Uh, we commute on 281 for a lot of different things. And so yeah, if you leave Austin, you go to Fredericksburg, you're going to cross 281, Johnson City. It's where the stretch the, of all the wildflowers the are. Bonnets, yeah. like explode. Yeah. Well, we just ended up on 281 where it ends into Canada. Yeah. Which so, we can't go into Canada. That was a bit of nostalgia for us to yeah. be on there. And that uh, prompted us to give Greg's mom a call. Call uh, Granny. Call Granny. My mom. His mom. And uh, check granny. in with her. Yeah, she loves hearing from Greg. And if it goes to be too many days, she gets pretty sad. So She loves hearing from Jen now, too. Yeah, that's a whole new thing for me. It's <laughs> <laughs> a whole checkered pass there. They're engineer buddies. And they had previously the mother-in-law, daughter-in-law relationship. I would say it was even worse than that. That was like... Yes. We, we went to we went to strange places, her and I, with our relationship. And uh, it's taken us 28 years to get to this really good place. 29. 29. Oh, God. Okay. You We're in our 30th year, by the way. Okay. So Greg does this weird thing where he does all his math weird. and I No. Think... Here's the bottom line. When you turn one year old and you're one, your first birthday, mm-hmm. you are one year old. That means you're moving into your second year. I mean, it makes sense. I'm not, Okay. It just... Nobody talks like that. If you... You're just one. You're just fucking one years old. Don't get, don't get a big ego, you know? Like... So anyway, when you're one year, one month old, you are no longer <laughs> one year old. True, true. So anyway, Greg's map and the rest of the world's map, a uh, little different. But anyway, it's taken me and my mother-in-law 28 years to get to this happy place. We're in place. our 30th year. Oh, God. So it's taken us 30 <laughs> years to get to this happy place in our relationship. And I was just having this long, deep conversation with Greg about um, how different that is. And if, it, like... 
to open it up like it was bad y'all like me and her hated each other and I don't I don't blame her now because we've we've kind of come to this uh, reconciliation what did, was that the word reconciliation yeah that's a good one Yes, that's my white, word, word of the day. Of the day. Yeah, but <laughs> white, um, no white privilege. Yeah. by working through this stuff, I was able to hear a different side of her perception of everything that had happened, and there's things I could never even take into consideration. It's just unfortunate that it took us 28 to 30 years, depending on Greg's math, um, to get to that point of like, oh, I wish we could have talked like this back then. We could have saved each other an enormous amount of heartache. We would we would have had relationships with our her kids, our kids with her, and her with our kids. You know, we would have. And been there were some good years in there. There was a few good years in there when things yes. were when we were living a more normal life. Um, here's the thing: I've always thought is it must be really hard for her, for her friends and her church and her fellowship and She's all. She's a of very that. traditional. Very traditional conservative. Conservative woman. Republican woman in and Texas. And so when somebody asks, "How are your son?" The answer you want to give them is he's a doctor at Cedar Sinai and saving lives through heart surgery and yeah. been doing it for 20 or years. Or a lawyer, or, or a, a lawyer, or a, or a yeah. construction worker, or a whatever. Yeah, she's. And I've never been that for her. well, I nine years I've worked at Dell Computers and, and she, she loved that. Love that, and we ended up going to church. That was kind of the last church we were a part of, and she loved that. And we had Christian friends, and she loved that. And so everything was normal, and that's really easy for her. And leaving the corporate world and moving into a traveling lifestyle where work is not as the most important thing on your plate, it becomes really difficult, yes. I can imagine. And um, and then when you already have um, this history that we have with her, you know, it just, I think it made it real easy for her to fall back into her judgmental ways and, and just not really appreciate you know what we were and who we were i mean we didn't I mean, at this point it's not even judgmental really it's just these expectations right well yeah i mean we were I mean, doing she's judging yes but we're judging her too and yes, not too, to use right. that as a negative word is that's just we all come with these preconceived notions and we're trying to change her into our way and she's trying to change us back into her way and i grew up in her way and so that's excessively difficult and so you broke off from her and her church ways and her her way of right. living somewhere where around you were 17 right yeah, so, I mean, the, the short history of it is my, my dad was selling Bibles. She was a PE teacher. They both went to Abilene Christian University, um, had me and my brother is four years older than me. And when I was 10 years old, they got divorced. And my dad had been a youth pastor and a Bible salesman and a real estate guy and making he money and Neil kind Diamond. of middle class, loves Neil Diamond. <laughs> and uh, so mom was the stay-at-home wife. And it didn't work out, and they got divorced in the 70s. I was around 10, and uh, and then me and my mom stayed together, and I grew up with her, and my brother went and grew up with my dad basically, and um, so it was kind of a single mother situation from 10 through my teenage years. And y'all were really close. It we seems were like. really I mean, close. I mean, y'all did your horse. I mean, white people they have horses all around them. <laughs> it was kind of cool. We had a horseback riding lessons and petting zoo. Yes. And, um, I only make fun of the white people thing, just let me reiterate, is because we come from very different backgrounds. I come from a very Mexican, Hispanic, loud background, and Greg comes from a very traditional white background, you know? I'm not trying to throw words around that are No, it's, it's what it is. It is days, what it but, is, but, um, but yeah, I, I grew up with some privilege. I mean, it was, um, you know, you say horses, it wasn't like we were super wealthy or anything. We were just doing kind of a... Uh, it was horseback riding lessons and petting zoo. It was you like know, middle it's what class you'd see, middle classish. <laughs> yeah, if 
you've ever been to a petting zoo at the crazy old ladies that loves farm animals. That's yeah, that's it. Like that's Napoleon's fun. grandma, kind of in Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, with a bunch of. With a bunch of turned animals. it into a business. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically that. Mm-hmm. And so um, when Jen came, well, at 16, I bailed. 16, 17, I was living on my own, but at 16, I quit going to church, I believe. So Detroit Rock City of you. I know, it was very Detroit Rock City. I always feel like that little blonde guy. If you've seen the movie Detroit Rock City, that's one of our favorites because it simply reminds us of the relationship Greg is explaining. Well, I just got my fucking drumstick back. (laughs) It only took 28 (laughs) to 30 years, depending on the mouth. Well, no, at 16, I took my fucking drumstick. That's true, yes. And so um, that did not go well. No, and so you guys (laughs) broke up, basically. Basically, yeah, and I went and lived on my own, but it was still mom, and we were still close, and so I'd still spend a lot of time with her and try, and she tried... And we kept trying, but we're just... We are insanely different. That's our truck telling us we're We're going fast through the town of Langdon. Langdon. There's a DQ grill and chill. And And there's a couple of kids on some bikes in the drive-thru. This is Americana as it gets. This is super Americana. We're getting closer to Minnesota. So before we get too far off track, um, I liked how you introduced and then Jen came in. And then Jen came in. And so, so... Jen came in pretty fucking hot, like, screaming hot, because <laughs> here Greg is like, had this relationship with his mom that he just described. They broke up, and they kind of had this topical relationship going on for a while. You had gone to her college that she had given you a college fund for, right, for like a year? Yes, something. I went to, I ended up going to the Christian University, and she really liked that. Um, she helped me get through my college, basically, and graduate from the two-year school, and then um, go to the Christian University in Abilene, and then I came back and was just kind of working whatever job and met Jen. And then we started dating and I was 17 at the time, Greg was 23, so... Um, and she was hot in her mini skirt and bikini <laughs> top and that's basically what she wore every day because it's Texas and it's hot and she was hot, so... And so that's, that's what, what I she wore to like meet his mom and stuff. But I mean, oh, I would like... Oh no, you had nice I, I, I put too, like yeah. a blazer on. I mean, I, did, I guess I didn't yeah. wear my bikini tops around her, but I certainly had a certain presence that did not fit with her traditional... She was not a young blonde Christian from Abilene Christian no, University a where we were going to do the traditional courtship. Firecracker wearing red lipstick and high heels, tight jeans firecracker. and... Firecracker. Look at this town. Is like sometimes a... wearing Greg shirts from the night before. So um, we started spending a lot of time together dating and we didn't actually like put ourselves around her and Greg, you know, I think you probably held us off or it just we just weren't like trying to like introduce each other to our parents or anything like that but when we were dating we were sneaking around a lot because we ended up moving in together with uh with each other about a couple months into dating a month and a half into dating it was that pretty hot and heavy pretty quickly yeah but before but that we couldn't tell her we moved in together i was actually living at home i had moved back she got remarried and i moved back into right out of Abilene. I came back from the college and I had been going to school in this little fifth wheel travel trailer. Yep. 1974 Mobile Scout. We've been trailer trash for a lot of years. A long time. <laughs> and so um, I had parked that at the house that she was living with her husband. They're still together. And so, um, and then working and living in one of the rooms of this two story kind of typical house. And uh, not the one I grew up in. So that was kind of awkward. Not my place. But, um, I would bring Jen over because she lived on the other side of town, you know, 30, 45 minutes away. Yes. And so if we stayed out late on my side of town, 
she'd just come over and sneak in the house occasionally. Totally. Okay, this is like so high school too. We were like oh, yeah. adults. Like I had my own place. Greg, you know, was a, an adult. But we were like so teenagers sneaking into each other's or sneaking into his mom's house. We would creep up the stairs. And do you remember? Do you remember how we set up your room? So you had the twin bed. And then we used to make a pallet on the other side, the farthest away from the door, and I would yep. sleep on the floor down there in case she opened the door to check in or yep. say hi. We were always prepared to hide Jen. <laughs> so I literally slept on my husband's floor, my boy, my boyfriend's floor, and um, you know he would have given me the bed, but that's not the that's not what your mom wants to see when she opens the door. No, a naked girl. So um, mom knew. On the bed. And actually, at one point, we snuck Jen out the front door at like seven, eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> And she was up, and it was like a Saturday, so she was going to be home all day, and we're like, crap, how do we pull this off? Yeah. And so we went out the front door, and I think I might have You distracted have her or something, because I ended up outside by myself, standing out front of the door. Maybe you forgot something and went back in, and I was like, I don't know. Did I we was... not drive off and come back? Because the plan was basically, oh, look, Jen just got no, here. No, it was literally like we had just snuck out the door, and then you went back in for something, or you distracted her. What I think happened is you distracted her while I creeped down the stairs. I'm almost positive of that. Oh, well, probably. And you went distracted her in, in Perry's kitchen, and I went down the stairs and stood out front. And then and, rang the doorbell. <laughs> no, and then she came out. She, she got away from you or something, and she came to the front door, and she was like, oh, hi, Jenny, what are you doing here? And I'm like, oh, it just got dropped off. I'm going to hang out with Greg today at like 6.45, 7 o'clock in the morning, like really, in a cocktail dress from the night before. She knew. I know, but I thought I played it off so cool. I know. And we, there's so many of those stories. Oh, like my she, gosh. We, just, we had to tiptoe around. I, I mentioned that I moved, we moved in together. I moved into Greg's. Well, that's basically, oh, yeah. I took the fifth wheel and yeah. moved out of the house because we kept getting in trouble, basically, like yeah, we that, kept, doing stupid shit like that. Yeah. And we weren't good about oh, to Oh, they stop. went out of town and we, like, that's right. partied with the brother and all that. Yeah. So, anyway, the, anyway, so it, it turned, I was, we were adult children doing stupid shit. And I, I needed to leave that house. I can't believe, first of all, I would really like to touch on that party because this is how, like, observant this woman is and this is how ridiculous we were, foolish we Didn't were. Didn't take much observing, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. Um, but this party that Greg talked about, his her, his mom and uh, her husband went out of town for something for a weekend and they were, you know, like, don't have parties and laughing, ha, ha, ha. And so we had a party. They left town. We had a we huge... Had- 10 people. It was like huge for that. Like to, to have a party in your mom's house. Yeah, well, they were like, don't have anybody over. And yeah, we had like 10 people over. Yeah. And everybody was like tripping mushrooms and the various states of buzzes. And, oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it was San Antonio and the <laughs> 90s, but it was basically the 80s still. Yeah. It was, early, it was 91. Yeah. The 80s took a long, I don't even yeah. still think they're flushed out of the San Antonio area. But anyway, so we had this huge, well, it's, you know, a mild mildly huge party considering everything we, we shouldn't have had anybody we over shouldn't had had anybody. I shouldn't over. have been there I and shouldn't, shouldn't have, been have been there and then we thought we cleaned up well but you leave beer in the garbage can you know no, a bunch she, of empty she knocked beer off and... the table remember so we we had this crazy party it was fun everybody's triple balls that's the night I went on that motorcycle ride for my oh, first yeah I it was the first time I think I did mushrooms and the first time I've ever ridden on a motorcycle behind somebody oh my god it was a terrible combination and I ugh. anyway and so anyway, that night was pretty explosive with just a lot of fun. We had a great time. And then um, we cleaned up. And we cleaned up really well because we know 
you don't want Greg's mom coming down yeah, on you. Yeah, you get all the red cups out of there. You make sure all the mushrooms. Everything, yeah. The, how they knocked off. And everything. How is, they knocked off. We had a party. Is they noticed the kitchen table was moved over an inch. I know, but they also found they beer found, in there. They found the cardboard Yeah, box. anyway, they had all these... Re- you had a party, basically. The they table. were pissed. She knew that the table had been moved yep. an inch. I remember that. She was um, very suspicious of me, yeah. rightfully so. And do you remember that's that night, too, that um, I found Grandpa Perry's uh, Palm Pilot? Back in the Palm Pilot oh days? Oh, my God, and you wrote something. What'd you write in it? <laughs> I, it was like, Palm Pilots was, was very new technology at the time, so I was like, wow, check this a, out. Yeah, it was something, it was something like, like that. Electronic I don't, writing thing. Yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was not a Blackberry. Yeah, we, everybody had beepers, and so this thing was awesome. Yeah, so I was like, oh, let's type, it would be funny to type, like, so-and-so has a big dick, and things like that, and I, <laughs> then I was like, this is fun, and I kept just writing these dirty, awful things in there, thinking I could totally erase it, could never erase it. She it's, couldn't figure it out. I, we couldn't, you figure, couldn't it out. figure it out. We, yeah. So we ended up just leaving it there. And so I'm sure yeah, so Grandpa Perry. Those messages. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm telling you, it was some of my finest work. So they kicked us out. No. <laughs> <laughs> so this is how we moved into the trailer. Well, it, and the thing is, is, I had to borrow Mom's truck to move the trailer. It's a fifth wheel trailer. And. And you just told her you were renting at like a little spot at the RV park. You didn't say we're I'm moving in with my. No. Bikini girlfriend and red lipstick no we're like i'm gonna go get and rv parks back then were like 150 bucks no i think it was less than 100 bucks a month yeah i think it was like 75 dollars because i got pissed at pecan grove in austin when 150 bucks a month and i, I was like, it was like $75, crazy that's yeah. like twice as much as i can get anywhere right rv spots are like six seven hundred or a thousand a month is why we left bend yeah we were about to pay 2200 or something now, it's yeah. insane anyway so we moved into this trailer park and right outside of Windcrest in San Antonio, over by that skating rink. Yeah. Skaterama or Snow Skate Skateland. Skate, Skateland. Skate World. I think it's Skate. Skateland. I grew up going yeah. there in the 70s. It's over off 410 and northeast side. And anyway, so we move into that trailer park. And we're living the life. We're yeah. happy. I gave Jen drawers and yeah. she loves that story. I love that story. He made <laughs> a cute little room for me in his little closet. And I it was my first time living with a man, like a boyfriend. Um dodged a couple of bullets before that but this is i was like this is it was cool this and so is, uh, this this guy's good i'm gonna move in with him to keep it on granny which is yes. the subject matter here yes. i think oh is, yeah it's, uh, she's all in the she's I, all I feel her around this trailer story already we got pregnant <laughs> whoops <laughs> whoops uh, so we're pregnant and we're like well fuck we got to tell we're two three four months on Oh my gosh, that was so funny. We we so we couldn't tell her we had been living together for a year. Let's let's set the let's set the tone here. We had lived together for a year. During that year, we had to be very careful not to slip up at the Christmas dinners and the family. She loves Golden Corral. Always took yep. us to Golden Corral when she wanted to hang out with us. So we had to be real careful, like not to slip up and say oh, you things went to like Thanksgiving. And, I did go to Thanksgiving. Yeah, I talked and, about corn and the poop, and yep, you were and, really embarrassed oh my gosh, about that. Yeah. So, uh, so we were doing these things, yeah, and so she for was a year, tolerating. We got, and then we got pregnant, and then, so we, yep. she still didn't know we were living together, much less formed an illegit, illegitimate child in my belly. Yeah, and she's then, again. She wanted the this courtship. Is not and how the, she wanted to do things. Yes. So then, uh, just real quick, to, your story was about going and telling her that we were pregnant. This is the kind of stuff that now, as adults, we're realizing 
Yeah, that was probably pretty shitty of us, or we could have handled this There's a little so much shitty of us, and so to go into that, we take her to Golden Corral. Hey, we got to go to lunch. <laughs> so we take her to Golden yeah, Corral. Like, Let's go to lunch, and uh, let us take you and Perry to lunch. The, yeah. And uh, so we... And Perry's still fumbling with his Palm Pilot, and like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and I was, yeah, <laughs> laughing. Like, and and yeah. uh, so I was telling Jen, no, we've got to get her in a public place. So she doesn't freak out. Yeah, so we can't go to her house and tell her and let's just go to a public place and get this over with and so we go we're anxious as hell yeah I mean, we're a month pregnant maybe two months no, I w- she was the last to know and i was already like three or four months pregnant i was like dude you've got to tell your mom now i don't because- think you were showing though but no anyway. i was not showing but i was getting close like we were gonna start we're showing close. real fast and so we take her to golden corral yep and we're having lunch and we're drinking tea because we had to buy the tea she never buys tea only drinks water you have to actually pay put your tea on a separate ticket if she buys and apparently this is where my son austin got blurting which would be on his report cards and <laughs> through first grade yes. because i blurted he blurted this out so we're making our way through dinner the plates are being cleared now we're off to the self-serve ice cream machine and filling bowls up because greg is just fine he's not finding the courage to spit it out i'm certainly not going to be the one to tell her i've got i get to carry the baby i get to carry the bastard child you, you get to tell her about the bastard so i'm like nudging greg under the table i was like dude we're almost done like we're about to walk out you need to say something so this is where Greg austin gets blurting as he goes all of a sudden it's just that natural silence that happens at a, t- at a table and all of a sudden all you hear is so we're pregnant and we're not getting married yep. and i was like really that's how oh god and then it's out so i didn't even have time to really like i'm stuck between like looking at greg going dude you could have is that how and then i'm looking at her yeah, and waiting yes, for I, her. I, I got my banana pudding it was time to tell her <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm looking at her like waiting for her to perform an exorcism and i'm stuck in the middle of the two and there was just dead silence and she just looked at us and we were just like Okay, who does what now? I don't know what the playbook is. Like, we got knocked up. We told you what's your what's your take on this whole thing. So she was kind and polite because that's what she does in a restaurant. <laughs> and she was like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And then and we hugged like, and, and we, like, mm. yeah. I don't think there was any. We'll get through this. What nope. do you need? There was definitely there not was what do you need. Mm, but it wasn't. Uh, horror nightmare either. Look at that, another church in the middle of a field. Yeah. So we all walk out to the parking lot. She said some nice things to us, and I think she was just probably just trying to get out of there. And then I told Greg, I was like, well, that didn't go so bad. She was actually nice. I I got a hug. I remember she gave me a hug. Yes. And I was like, oh, we're good. This is good. We're oh, yeah. good. It's all out on the table. We can breathe. We can yeah, relax. Now we can move forward. Yeah. And then the next day. Yeah, so that's when she would flip her switch and thinks about things. Yes. And then she reacts and responds to them. And the response was, you know, don't come around. You're not married. Don't come around my kids and my horseback riding and all that. Yeah, she taught a lot of little girls, and she thought this would be a terrible influence to have around. So she said, she basically said, go away. Yeah, and I remember being just completely horrified, and I felt dirty. I felt shameful. I felt uh, hurt, and then I felt angry really fucking angry stages of grief basically yeah, pretty much yeah and i i was confused about that because the family that i come from is not like that i mean even if they didn't approve of this decision it wouldn't have been the reaction would not have been that and well, i think we told your mom you're like she was like great she was excited to have a grandbaby cool, yeah. grandbaby 
And if you're hearing some thuds in the road in the podcast, yeah, I don't know how loud this is. I know because that in Montana it kind of picked up pretty hard. So hopefully, yeah, I think they were harder. Yeah. So hopefully this isn't too bad. But there's some. Uh, we some, always listen and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I was just completely in shock that somebody would handle it that way, and I was not being used to being treated like that. So that was really difficult, and that only furthered my anger towards her. Yeah, that was kind of knife in the back, really. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like if. I, and I really needed some, I mean, I had my family, but I really, you know, Greg's mom comes with a lot of notoriety in her circle, and, and I really wanted to be a part of her world. It was, uh, you know, I saw Well, Diddy this. was part of our, my mom's mom is Diddy, and my grandmother, and she was part of that world, and Jen and Diddy got along well for the most part. Yeah, for, I didn't have any beef with Diddy. Until she was, you parked in her until spot. Until I parked behind her and blocked her in one day, and she was certainly <laughs> Lost her shit, it. but... Yeah. <laughs> Never did that again, ever. No, but Diddy was sweet and, and just welcomed Jen and everybody. She was old. And um, just really sweet lady. And so Jen wanted to be a part of all of this. She wanted to do things well and good and right, and we weren't. I mean, that's not, and that wanted, wasn't our place. I that loved was, Greg. I mean, the only reason we weren't getting married, I guess we should clear that up, is because we weren't ready to get married. We weren't, like, running out and, you know having affairs or like trying to break up or anything we knew when we conceived this child that this was a possibility because we were not taking the precautions because we felt so comfortable with each other and we'd been together for a year already and living together and so it wasn't because we weren't getting married because we weren't certain that this was the one we were absolutely certain that we were the ones we just weren't ready to commit to that yet because we wanted to know what marriage meant and what it meant to be a husband and wife you know what the what is that responsibility? What are those roles? Let's have some time to do that work and then commit to it. And we, what where we failed to tell her, and I'm only realizing that all these years later, as we've made up through the last year or two or whatever, is when all she heard, she just recently told me, is I'm pregnant and I'm not getting married. And we did we failed to tell her why the reasons why we weren't getting married, which were you know the deep. I want to do yeah, it right, and, and, and I would have her, that was divorced. A cut. I mean, imagine like well, she told going me and telling somebody, yeah, we're, we're it's spiteful almost. So she told me recently as we made up, and I don't know if I'm skipping ahead too far. No, I don't know this maybe. But no, well, it was just during that time in in her backyard when we had this apology. Uh, here we are, 28 years later. Austin, our bastard child, has grown up, and we're married. You know, we're officially married, and we're actually married four or five times since. Um, but she told me recently as we made up that she all she heard was I'm pregnant and I'm not getting married and she had this vision of this young girl possibly running off with her grandkid oh, and yeah. you know shacking up with some other guys that you know and then her grandkid she doesn't have control over so she doesn't know who's treating that grandkid well and you know if she's going to have any rights to see it if I leave if I'm not tied to Greg and I never ever ever considered that on her behalf like, no not for 30 years no because that's that's an unfortunate thing is because we had butted heads so hard between religion and um you know morals and everything um and her perception and my perception that we never could like talk about she i could never tell her how much you meant to me even though i did write her oh letters God. see this is breaking my heart too because it makes me remember too we got in this nasty fight a couple of years ago and um healed since and, and have come back together and talked about things but one of the things that came out in this fighting is she told me um, you know you left me she was telling me I left her and she was referring I'm sure to 
my teenage to 20-something years yeah. is I just left her out of my life. And I, and I think back on that now with our kids. And, like, if they rebelled at the level that I did yeah. and left at the level that I did, it would be extremely painful. It would be very hurtful and no way terrible. to not take it personally. And, however, at the time when I was in the 16 to 20-something... I felt the same towards her. I felt like she abandoned me. Like she left me because I had different ideas. Yeah. I didn't, didn't. I didn't fall into the same belief system that she's raised me in. And that's extremely hard, I'm sure, for her because similar is, you know, my kids, if they rejected my belief system, which they do at some level. Anyway, it was complicated. Well, we definitely reject your shitty math. Yeah, I mean, year, when I'm rejected year. by my family, <laughs> hell, when I come home drunk in front of my young children, okay, that Okay, that terrible. happened one time, and don't make it sound like that's a problem for us. I know, but it was really... One time Anyway, that's that a previous podcast, and I was, yeah, I was talking about how I'm referring to, you think it's hard coming home drunk or stoned to your mom when you're a kid, come drunk or stoned to your kids when you're an adult. <laughs> that, that sucks, and I, it doesn't happen. It, it happened yeah, once. It happened once when we went to a happy hour show. And yeah, and it was embarrassing. It was terrible. Because Greg's a little bitch when it comes to drinking. I was a little bitch. So anyway, keep going. So she. So I was, you know, I felt like she abandoned me and my ideas because I was a rebellious youth. I wanted my fucking drumstick kind of thing. And, right. And you know, I had my own ideas. I wanted to go study study Eastern philosophies, and I was. I'm and very liberal. I'm very progressive, and she's Texas. very conservative and very yeah. fundamental. Yeah. And. And uh, she's not wrong. I'm not wrong. But it, it's it's a conflict. It, and especially this day and age seems, you know, super fucking loud. But um, it was subtle and it, but meaningful. I'm going to be so pissed if this podcast sucks because of this road. We've had such great roads and super smooth roads. The minute we start podcasting. I know we started this and this might like, be that. Poo, poo. God. <laughs> All we'll right. find out. But no reason. This, I feel like we just came into the Midwest. This is we definitely. We a hill and came out of the flat farmland. Still flat farmland, but like so many Wait, great trees. Wait, is that trees. the border? That might be. No, that's a river. Oh. So we're waiting to cross into Minnesota. So we've been anxiously awaiting that for a couple of days now. Yes. Um. So anyway, let's find a good pickup point for. Okay. So just again, Granny, we're in the twenty-something. Um. We split off from her. I'm, I'm pregnant. We're not getting married. Yeah. And right. me and Jen ran across the country and got married. There's another long story about that. And we came home. We told her we got married. And it was kind of an elope. We told her we got married in Vegas because that's where we went. It wasn't to save all that story for that's later. That's a yeah. longer story. And But we didn't do, give her a wedding. You know, well, we never we, gave her any of the traditional stuff. that. But it, it felt at the time that we were delivering everything she was asking for. Okay, fine. You want us married? We're married. Now, we didn't get married just because of that. But... You know, well, she wouldn't have wanted the traditional wedding with you seven months pregnant, probably <laughs> either. So, yeah. I don't know. It was a fuck-up. I mean, it was it was not a, a, a pleasant thing, really, for any of us. I mean, that was hard for me and Jen. That was hard for her. Yeah. For all the reasons it would be. And so while we're going through a hard time, young and stupid, and trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do with the rest of our lives, if this is and even this a baby thing, and, yeah. she's worried, and, I can, and both of us can empathize more than ever now. She's scared this baby's going to disappear from her life, and she's going to have a grandbaby out there that she can't that have. she knows nothing about. And I can't yeah. imagine that as, as we have children and they have relationships. Yeah, that, as grown parents oh or as parents God, of grown children that a now, baby is. I I cannot. I. It's hard. Yeah. To so think about. 
we had this long, I, I'm trying to find a pickup point of like where we're going with all this. And, and we just got off the phone with her, which is a very new thing for us because we went through all that, right? Yep. Uh, we raised our kids for their entire childhood. Well, we got the career at Dell, and we yeah. had more babies, but and we had a house, and it came back together. But there was other moments that kind of distinct moments at Dorchester. She tried to um, help us, and she put her leaned into it, money and time and and everything. And she sent us to a um, focus, focus on, on the, the family family crap. Um, family relationship conference yeah, family, a very like, christian a, organization very christian a conference a three-day yeah. in a nice hotel she's gonna watch the babies send us to this conference and yeah and and she it was a gift to us and we were not not excited to go it was it sounded like a great break from the kids a, a hotel yeah. stay i think we were kind of looking at it as like a mini vacation but we were willing we to, to do the work oh we did the yeah, work not too. to say like we were going to go and not do the conference and do, we showed up every day that we were required we did well, the, we were, were also a little like the kids that would show up like we would is is we'd show up when we woke up and we'd go to the bar at night probably and have some drinks and then show <laughs> at up a, a christian little, conference at a christian <laughs> conference and then we'd probably show up a little later and miss the first session or whatever and you know, probably got some room service and you know and so it turned out she had a spy <laughs> inside God. And, uh, yep. so, and maybe that's overstating yeah. it. We yeah. don't know the story. She I'll, tell you, told what, us. I'll tell you what that story is. Because I, I, yes, you're right. We would have done the conference our way, but I'll tell you what, we did take that conference real seriously. Absolutely, because we, we loved a lot. the content. Hated the religious side of it all, but we loved the content because we were really into our that's relationship. That's not even true. We were not even down on the religion side. No, of it. but we were, we were not. Like, we, we were making fun of all those people. We were we making were. our jokes. So yeah, we were not. We're not a religious bunch, no. and that's just how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> when you I, really, you don't think they've picked up on that yet? <laughs> um, so, uh, what happened? The breaking point on that conference was uh, we were taking it seriously, and we were going downstairs. The conference started at 9 a.m. that Saturday morning or whatever, um, and we were about to. It was 8:55 or something like that, and we were about to walk out the door. We had our workbooks in our hand, and we were literally had our hand on the door, and the phone rang. And as parents who have kids that are staying away from them, you know, you're going to stop and answer the phone because make sure they're all alive. Did the beeper go off? <laughs> go ahead. I left those beepers long ago. When I when I, when I I moved in with you in that trailer, I threw them beepers out. <laughs> Three beepers and a cocaine friend. <laughs> That's one of our other podcasts. Go listen to that one. Um, but we were, I, I was like, Greg, i got to answer the phone. i got to make sure the kids are okay. So I went to answer the phone, and she was like, oh. You're there. And I was like, yeah, we were about to walk out the door to go to the conference. In her mind, you get there 30 minutes early. I don't know. It starts at 9. We are on the second floor. We're going to be, we're leaving at 8.55. We're, we seem fine with that. Oh, it definitely could have started at 9 and we were answering the phone at 10. No, I do know that for sure. But you, you know, know me and my memory. Okay. Oh, yes. I would not have made a whole life of saying this story if I wasn't absolutely sure about that. And so she's surprised that I answered the phone. And she's like, oh, I thought, weren't you supposed to be at the conference? And I was like, well, yeah, we were just heading out the door when you called and I want to make sure the kids are okay so because you're the only one who would be calling on a hotel phone and so she's like then she started stumbling and I was like are you okay like what's going on she goes I, I, I can't find the trash bags and I'm like in a typical house where do most people keep the fucking trash bags like under the sink you know or in a cabinet in the kitchen look around I don't have that much crap she and was so, checking on yeah, us. she was totally checking on us and then totally lied about it and so I asked her I confronted her on the phone and I said are you are you checking on us? And she's like, well, and then she says, I just, I didn't spend this money for you guys to have a vacation. And I really wanted you to take it serious. 
And remember the night before we stayed yep. up and we were doing all the workbooks and we were having these yep. deep conversations. We had great conversations. God, it was so good. And so we we're I was like, you don't try I'm a grown woman with kids that you're watching. I'm at this conference with books in my hand. And you're gonna give me this shit right now? Are you serious? And I chewed her ass out on that phone and I said, you know what? I'm paying you back every fucking dime and I'm coming home right now because I was not going to get... I was so pissed at her for all the things. And so It was we, significant though. She was pushing back on us and yeah. you and she, we were fighting. And we left that conference and we drove an hour uh, to Austin and I think we got there in like 30 minutes. I remember it was like unbelievable. And she had her bags packed at the front door and I just I chewed her out and I was telling her how disappointed I was. I said some other things. And I told her, I said, get out of my house. Yep. I, kicked, I kicked your mother out of my house. I remember Never that. done anything like that before. That was a significant one. There was another significant one. Um, we were always trying to mend. It seemed like we were always just trying to fix that relationship or tolerate it. or Like yeah. she was trying to tolerate us. And we're trying to figure each other out. We love, you know, I don't know, his mom, right? And so... We had these moments, but we were also willing to go back and be peaceful too and the moments that we had were justified it wasn't like we were like just trying to be bitches you know oh we were our... bitches too i mean we, we ended up doing a lot of bitchy stuff well that was usually because i felt like we were being pushed by her and it's like absolutely okay, you but know, that's what not... i mean not she did bitchy stuff to us we did bitchy stuff to her right but we, we weren't were fighting. we weren't like the bitches first no we were the bitches first no, in a lot of cases I'm, well not so all the time, but... another story i think okay. that's relevant at this point yeah was... let's go man bring it out let's, let's go. go let's do it okay I'm okay, gonna okay, backpedal. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna change things up. Is the the story about the being bitches is we we would show up to her house. I think it was before the story I was just thinking about. Anyway, we would show up to her house. She didn't like bare naked family as a term. It didn't make sense. We had quit our job, all of those things, and we would show yeah. up all five of us in bare naked family shirts. We knew she didn't like bare naked family was our blog name, our philosophy on life. Right, and and it so meant a lot to us. Meant a lot to us, and we were trying to explain to her Simplicity, the philosophy behind it, and how how this was a very godly thing to do. A very, you know, is for family, and that was so important to us. And then we showed up another time where she didn't like um, Harry Potter, and we dressed all the kids in Harry Potter, and we would do things like this well, that, to say, "This is our thing." Yeah. Bare naked family, Harry Potter. We would do things like this that we knew she didn't like, and that's where I'm saying we were being little bitches. Yeah. Because we could have avoided doing that. And then in the Bare Naked Family shirts, we actually showed up at Perry's office party. Yeah. Her husband's that, office party. That was not cool. That was not cool. I will give you that. That was Yeah, and but, but she we so if I backpedal, like, I think I don't remember when this story happened. We got our kids back one time from her. Yeah. So the kids are a little older now. We've mended a few of those conferences and did we you know mention I, we went you, to a couple of those conferences too? Like we took it that yeah, seriously we took that it. we went to those damn conferences for two yeah. three years. Well, she babysat our kids at one point. You remember when they came back? Yes. Tell yes. that story. So, Go for it. Yeah. So I don't remember when that time frame I, was. Yeah, I don't remember the time. But um, they were young and influential, and we had our method that we thought we were clear on raising them. They came back and they were scared and almost in tears of over the fear God speech. And so if you're religious and you're around Christianity, fear God is a common speech about basically you're going to burn in fire and brimstone in hell. Yeah. And if you don't worship God and do it this way you and do these things. You don't accept Jesus as your savior. Right. And all these Lord. requirements that our kids simply wouldn't have understood at that level, at that age. And um, 
not because we kept them from them, but because we tried to give them more worldly options too. Yeah. Yes, we taught them about Jesus, but we also taught them about Buddha. We also taught them about love and peace and all that hippy dippy crap. Of, you know? All kinds of yeah. We're, there was all that. Yeah, we we're pray, not anti Jesus. We, we're just no. we want them to have an, a, we wanted them to have a tool chest full of philosophies to pick their own. This was significant though because apparent this affected them such a so deeply at such a young age. It's weird that we're passing like this fancy church as we're talking about that. Jesus, it's a literally. Jesus, there's another one over here. They're on uh -huh. both sides of the road. We're in Minnesota, man. No, North Dakota. We're in North Dakota still. Anyway, the fear God thing really bothered us. They were really scared. We had to talk our children off the cliff. They um, thought they were going to hell. They thought they were going to hell. They thought things were. They thought their parents were going to hell. They thought everything about us was wrong, and so we were really upset about this. And that's one of the moments we drew them back to. That was another significant moment because we're like, they're not going to spend time alone with this bullshit. I mean, that's that takes some balls to like put your philosophy on somebody else's kids without asking, or especially when you have the the real tension that we've had between us. We're not making such religious choices. She was. Well, to be so you talk about being bitches and us pushing Harry Potter. She was pushing Jesus back on us. As oh, I mean, yeah. absolutely. I know. I'm, I'm saying both know, of us I were know. bitches. I get all excited. I know. And the the thing is, is we were fine with the Noah stories, the Adam and Eve stories. Yeah, we're not into We that. knew she was reading Bible stories to him at night. And I love that. Honestly, absolutely. I love that. Yep. I grew up with those stories. Yes. I mean, I, I just wanted... I that was, one yeah. was significant. That one was... Something changed, and we drew our children back from her. Here's your mom's old car. I was, okay. Where are all these signs? Like, That's the church, your mom's grandma, key on the side of the road over here. Like, what the hell is happening? So right. we pulled our kids back, and that was... I'm sure when she felt it, because she told us in this fight from a couple of years ago that we removed our kids from her, and she's right. She's not wrong, and so they ended up having But we never portions. told her why. That's where we were wrong. It's Absolutely. Like, we never hashed it out. It we never went in out. and did the fight. We should have just gone in and done the fighting over it yeah. and set the boundaries and said, no, we still love you, and we want the kids to show up, but don't do the fear God thing again. That scared the shit out of them. Yeah, and that, that you're, you're crossing a line of the kind of parenting that we want to give our kids if you want to give them that kind of thing you let's talk about that you know like yes, I don't want, let's come at yeah. it let's come at this like co-parenting almost right like you know and, i'm not gonna in. i'm not gonna shove heroin in somebody's kids i'm gonna be like hey here's something you know like let's talk about drugs yeah. you know like like you don't you don't those are things that you have to take into respect you have to respect parents boundaries you know um parents are trying to do something with their kids back the fuck off you know like if you want to be a part of it let's work together anyway yeah like you said co-parenting i get it we weren't doing that another um no, we weren't. story that comes to mind that was uh really difficult and this one kind of was the ongoing so after 01 we started homeschooling our kids they made it in what Austin made it to second grade partially and Kesley made it into kindergarten and Sonny didn't ever go to public school. My mom was a public school teacher trained. Um, and, and, uh, my sister-in-law, my brother's wife is a public school teacher and homeschooling. We chose, we tried the curriculum. It didn't work out. So we did more of a, just an open schooling, a road school. what you say the other day? You had it kind of, I said like unschooling, road schooling, whatever, whatever free range generation you want to call it. It's yeah. We did our own version of schooling. The kids learned shit. They ended up in college and did well. 
And they ended up in the kit the, the center for kids who can't read real good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But the when they would be we would always we'd show up at these family events and we'd say, Okay, how old are you and what grade are you in? Because we didn't really keep that This was in the car before we got out to go to Christmas dinner. Like yes. okay, you're, we'd be you're driving second up, okay, grade, you're in, third grade. Yeah, you're seven years old is what, third grade? Yeah. Something like that. We had to do math. We had to do the math and we'd say, Sonny, you tell them this, Austin, you tell them that, Kesley, you tell them this. These are the grades you're in because of your ages. Because people like that need an answer. They don't need to hear about you learn about the bark of a tree and yep. the national forest we took a junior ranger class with the national park service to get that doesn't make that, sense yeah, they want to know sense. where the curriculum is and we weren't doing a curriculum and so we would do things like this it grew and developed into this thing where they would start quizzing the kids on yeah. typical seventh grade shit or whatever yeah we would like go on a car ride to golden corral or something and they would be like oh let the kids ride with us and we we're like okay yeah and they'd want to run multiplication tables through them or something like yeah, that yeah they literally turn around and said okay what's four times four and then we're like the kids would be on the spot they'd be freaked out by the questions not because they couldn't answer the questions but they, they were might like, not have been able to i mean and, and we, maybe we, not. We, we educated them as it was appropriate for them to know those things. When they'd ask, yeah. And uh, just to anyway. set, the, set the record straight, they all went to college. They're all 4.0 students. Yes. Except for Sonny, who <laughs> took photography. But, uh, <laughs> so anyway, they weren't stupid kids, but it may or may not have been the right time to teach them, or they might have been in the middle of learning, or they were flat out embarrassed or scared the way that they were being cornered like that. Yeah, so Again, they'd come back out of these, or we'd be with them, and we'd have to shut everybody down, and it's super uncomfortable, and they'd yeah. make fun of us for being homeschoolers. And that yeah. developed. Homeschooling was a weird thing. It still kind of is, probably, but especially it's a lot more in the '90s and the, the early now. 2000s, it was we there wasn't a whole lot of homeschoolers we could find, yeah. or they knew, and it wasn't anything. It was weird, and so um, that became more and more problematic. We had to teach the kids, you know, here's the grades that you're saying, and then we ended up teaching them. Uh, 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 one of their friends taught us that she would say, I don't need to answer your questions. Yeah. A, 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 she was 12 or 13, and we were either with her, were we with her when I we learned remember, that? I don't remember, but anyway. the basic philosophy was, is she, somebody came up to them, oh, no, there are kids were with her in Van Nuys, and she says, somebody, you know, when you see kids in, in the middle of the daytime when they theoretically should be in school and they're outside riding their bikes, people Problem. would come up and say, yep. why aren't you in school? You know, and so this this kid that they were hanging out with said, you know, I don't need to answer those questions. And I remember our kids feeling like that, that's what we need to take back to Texas when we yeah, go to Texas. Yeah, that's a great answer. And we stood by them and we said, if that's what you want to say, then you go right ahead and say that because you're absolutely right. I would love to be the fly on the wall in some of those conversations to see how our kids did because they were alone with them off and on. Ooh. Yeah. Red Corvette, like a 70s with the flat back window. I love it. I'm going to go buy that. Um, We are in Cavalier, North Dakota now. Coming up on an interstate. Great. 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 Free wood, free firewood on the side. So, on the other side of that, can you imagine as a school teacher... Hang on, let's bounce through this. Train tracks. Going over train tracks. So, as a school teacher, as somebody that's wanting more traditional life for their grandchildren, can't understand what we're doing... Yeah, there's just you that know, must have been really hard because they, they they were just trying to do. I'm sure, like, man, are these kids getting educated? Well, we know that for a fact because we learned later. It's like people would say, "We're really concerned for your children's education," and we're like, "Don't, ah, uh, not your problem." Yeah, it's like we didn't raise second grade dropouts, so it's like, okay, Austin, 
we took Austin out of school in second grade. You think that's the, that's as far as we wanted him to go? You know, for crying out loud, like anyway, there's a lot yeah. of defense mechanisms in there. So yeah, all that said, so, is like, so these things broke our family. These things broke our relationship with our kids' grandmother, Granny, and it's really sad because it was Granny's farm, and we held. I don't think you're supposed to turn here. Oh, I'm. Five, I think. I think. Do you need to jog 29. that way? Because these are neither one of our. Are these our highways? I'm gonna keep going on five. I think. I think we're on five. Five and eighty-one. Sorry, we gotta navigate here. Hold on, we're in the middle. Cavalier, yeah, North Dakota. Jog. I think you gotta go this way. I think you're right. It's said straight, but. Nope. Now we're all fucked up. Hold on. No, I just turn. It'll turn. Okay. Okay, there it goes. Okay. Is that five? That's five. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So okay. Okay. where were we? Okay. So, so, have, so yeah, all this all was broken, broke and it's. I look back now, and I'm like so pissed off that we just didn't deal with the conflict. Or even just flat out lie and just yay fear God whatever right yay, yeah we, yeah homeschooling yeah. freaks or you know here kids here's learn the times tables with your aunt yeah, and granny or we whatever took it so personally and it's we like it was painful and you it look was back, anger anger I look back on some of these people that I won't mention and I'm like they're so fucking petty like why did I get so emotionally worked up about them look at their lives now look at I'm I'm gonna step out and just I'm not gonna say names but I'm gonna say you're fucking petty. And I don't know why I spent so much time being so emotional on you. And, um, okay, is this a dirt road? Because I'm this not like, what is happening? No trucks. Yeah, we got a problem. Okay. Yeah, back it up. So we thought we were going the right way. And now we're turning around in a 40-foot trailer. Wait, but it's, there's a, like a dead-end sign straight up there. Oh, I know. It says no trucks. I'm sure we're not right where we are because it's not even... Yeah. Okay, we're going to back this up. Meanwhile, I'll give you a nice little tour of Cavalier, uh, North Dakota. It is green. It is green and How lots am I of... over there? No ditches or no, you're mud? Good. No, you're good. There's nothing. Lots of green trees. We're get... You can definitely tell we're getting closer to Minnesota because the trees are abundant. And it's wet. And it's wet. Yes, there's been some storms up ahead. Or behind us, can't tell. So Greg is backing right now. He's backing up a 42-foot, huge-ass fifth wheel off yeah. of a dirt. Well, it's not really a dirt road. It looked like a dirt not road. Yet, but it's like a semi, guys. It's so friggin' weird. He's doing a backup in somebody's neighborhood, basically, and it is. It's it's a task when we make a wrong turn. Because <laughs> we're talking to you assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, you gotta figure out where we're going. Let me see that. Where's that road map? Here it is. Oh, go up here and take a right and then to 18. Okay, so I just turned too soon. Greg, we're literally almost on the border, babe. I know. We're like, well, 15 miles. 10 miles. Right? 10 like miles? 15 miles. I think it's 15 miles. Okay, 900 foot on Division Avenue. Yeah, I can't help Yeah, it. I made a bad one. The animals have been so quiet back there. Are they back there? Yeah. Charles, you can see Charles? Yeah, he just, he's about to jump up here now. He looks stoned, like he's waking up <laughs> weird and stretching, doing some yoga. Okay. Okay, so back on it. So those problems are real. Yeah, and it's only taken us... 
28 years to like talk about these things and it sucks so this the a good pickup point is this all started because we were on 281 and I was like hey you need to call your mom because 281 goes is the highway back in Texas where we're from and um goes all the way across the country to San Antonio yeah, and, and down we, to Corpus I think we've been needing to keep in touch with his mom because we've worked really hard this uh past couple of years we were recently in Texas working and uh we had a big breaking point a few years back over some family business stuff and um and some not so honest people well my mom conflicts the way she conflicts is kind of the way we conflict is they back out and my mom just goes silent basically and that's always been her way of conflict basically and so she um she just goes quiet you don't know what's going on we're doing good on gas by the way uh we're close enough to interstate okay um yes okay i think we're back on the right track now so my mom's conflict is to jump back and so we were just talking about it which kind of led us here too is we got to a point um no we broke well we were we just kind of grew up and it got more and more more broken over the years and so we kept trying to stay in touch and me and my mom get along great if we just talk topically if i call her and how's your day and how's the weather we'll talk for an hour like that and we can't legit cross any lines of religion or political or any of that but that's fine there's plenty to talk about and we've had a great relationship talking and when we were living out on the Washington coast I was talking to her on a regular basis we moved over to Colorado I was talking to her on the regular her cousin died and because I grew up with her I think I I really knew how serious this was is um, she was really really close to this cousin and so we basically sorted out that we were gonna drive to Texas and go to the funeral with her and, and just be, be with there her. because like she's not she doesn't have anybody outside this cousin that she's super yeah well, she got her church I mean, and everything church, else but, like and, what I was gonna say like super close though we knew this was gonna break her heart yeah we knew this was hard very very hard for her and so we just tried we jumped in the truck and drove down to be with her yes and go to the funeral and that must have been very very hard for her well, we know it was. It just said it. And so something went wrong again. And she's told us in the past, actually. She's uncomfortable around us. And it's no wonder as we rehash some of these stories. <laughs> yeah. She loves she loves the thought of seeing us. She wants to be close to us. But like, when we do show up for it, it's automatically like, well, this is just weird. And I don't want to be in this space. And I, I don't, don't think she wants the it. conflict. No. And I think... I know I am. I'm okay with conflict. I'm just like, I'll just lean into it and go there. Apparently not well enough to help fix that. But um, something went wrong. We're at the funeral. This was, oh my gosh, four years ago? Yeah, something like that. Four or five years ago. I don't know. And so something went wrong at the funeral, and she pulled away from us, and we had no idea why. And it was something that we did, or she said, did, or yeah. she felt. I mean, she was emotional. She's at her and by best friend, we cousin. did. It could simply just be by showing up. It's not like we actually, like, wrecked her car or something like that. Yeah. And but. so something went wrong. She she pulled back, and I was just, I, was, I think I was exhausted. I was just like, fuck it. I'm, fuck it. She can call me when she calls me. And I blew it off. And that, again, I, I feel like I could have been a bigger person there. And 
just called her anyway and tried to fade back into it. But that was common. That's right. what I was typically doing, and I was just kind of over it at the time. So then we fast forward a few months and later, and this is the big break in the family that really ended. Uh, we've never not, we never would like stop talking to her for a period of time. There would be months maybe when we were, you know, making babies. Yeah, without going into the detail, the childhood land farm that I grew up on sold and the childhood home that I grew up in sold. That you and, and your mom grew up in. Yeah, very and clear. I was excluded from the whole thing and it was very painful. It hurt dramatically. And it, to, to really drive home that fact is this was so special to Greg, this place, because we would take our kids there um, to the horse farm that, you know, was in the backyard of his house and that this was like every you don't have to be a fucking genius to know that this would have hurt losing this house uh you know or selling this house is we all took our kids there we all talked about the stories of greg's you know fort madden house or whatever and and greg's handprints and feet prints are in the driveway from when he was seven years old or something and so every year every time we would come to texas our kids would go and put their hands and their feet in dad's prints to see yep. you know you know they would yeah, always nail, hammer nails into the bar area in this house i grew up in it yeah. i you know, and the land is all the, my whole life. My that was my childhood home and land, and, and it was the childhood really farm. It's really thick with memories in, in terms of like you, but then our kids, our family. Yes. We all gravitated there, and I'm sure you would have loved to have known it was up for fucking sale. And then I would, I'm sure you would have loved the chance to go back in and see it one more time, possibly, because that's the kind of people we are. We do things like that, you know. And it would have just been nice to know that they were doing this and and where all that. Money was painful. going. Yeah. It was painful, and with the there's a lot of detail in that. It sucked. It was terrible, and we got angry, very, very angry, and ex- expressed that anger. Yes. And we're met with more silence, basically. And there now there's other people involved in this whole thing too. And when we brought when those people are involved, then everything becomes convoluted. Is that the right word? Uh, because yeah, it's all messed up. It's, it's all there's there was a lot of now it's not just me, Greg, and his mom. There's other people and the other things that are being said that aren't necessarily being represented well. So yeah, we got some clues on why mom left, and it was terrible. And we just got really, really angry, and we didn't yeah. talk to her for two but years. But it wasn't just us. That's the thing is there's these other know, players. Just, and it's just, fine. Okay. It's fine. But it was, yeah. So with Granny, it broke desperately. Too many cocks anger, in the house. So much anger for um, two Just, years, three years? Yeah, the distrust. The past the... two, three, four years. So, and last year, on my birthday, actually, on, on July of last year, um, I sent my mom a note after not talking to her for two years, and we reconnected. And um, Slowly. It wasn't like, oh, I'm so... It was awkward and weird. Yeah, and there was, was a start. We tried therapy at some level, and yeah. there was... Um, and, and pulling Jen back into it because she's very protective of me and my family and our family. But it was also and my idea to push you into this more because I know, the, the girl with the red lipstick who was, you know, hell on wheels that came in all these years ago and created a bastard child was now telling you, you have too much pain in your heart and I really think you need to reach out and I really think you, you need to try to see if there's anything there with your mom. Well, Jenny saw me every day. I thought of my mom every day. Yep. And would pray for her and would think about her and would get very down and would get angry. I would get emotional. I would get sad. I would get depressed. I would get all these emotions. It's like losing your mom without her dying and knowing that she's still out there. 
and we weren't talking and it was brutal and so Jen did she encouraged me to lean back into it yep and we did and it's been going really well it was a slow evolution of like getting back with each other it was like it was awkward and it was weird and it was all right and then they came over to our house and we were like okay we, we happened at the time that this happened <clears throat> this reconnection we were actually working what 10 minutes from your mom's house which is very rare for us in our, oh, in our life yeah we had actually ended yeah. up back where i grew up my old stomping grounds and that really amplified the feelings and the pain because of where i was literally yeah. working you know five minutes from where i grew up yeah and so that was all my stomping grounds everything was recognizable i hadn't lived there in 30 years 28 right. 27 years or whatever right. ever since i took you out of the yeah. your mama's bed and into the trailer took me into to that my trailer own bed park, my own took me into that sinful city of austin <laughs> so, I took, and, so i took you to my bed yeah oh man I bedded the shit out of you <laughs> do it again too nice <laughs> so we um we reconnected in the downside, Jen. What so fucking sucks about all this is the kids have little to no relationship with her now. Oh, and a severe thunderstorm warning is in effect for Kitson, Marshall, and some other county. And we don't know where we are. Oh, here oh, we are. We're driving right into it. Oh, driving right into it. Right, so oh, should... there's a cold front weird thing all too right, going so... on. We should make sure to wrap this up before the rain starts because we already got enough road noise on this podcast. So Okay. <clears throat> so let's get to a good point of... It's, what sucks is now she's older and with age comes just everything that age brings. And, and she's 77 or 78 no, now. And is she 80 she already? She turned 80, babe, yeah. But I want to point out the 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 reconnection real quick so because what we were talking about on the road trip that started this whole podcast was greg we're on 281 it's texas road call your mom because we had called her in a couple days and we now we have this like her and i have this i miss talking to her i go uh through great lengths to like share things with her and um i was just telling greg i'm so grateful that uh when we reconnected in san antonio a couple years ago uh she apologized to things for things that she had done and that led me to listen because I needed to hear her apologies wholeheartedly and I needed to make sure because I have a tendency to believe bullshit sometimes and uh, I will say one thing about Greg's mom is she's not a bullshitter if she feels it and she says it she feels it you know she's honest she's She's honest she's honest moral woman she's tough but she's honest but um she apologized for treating us the way she did, for turning her back on these things, on you know, from Golden Crown when we were pregnant to all through the years. And I, and her explaining why she did that, I was able to see things that I had, I could never have seen from a 17-year-old's vantage point, the way I was 17 or a 20, back there, yeah, I mean, or a 20 we or 30-year-old. Just... Year and so then I had this compassion because now I'm raising older kids and I'm thinking of all the things that, you know, we put her through. If my kids put me through that, that would be horrible. And so I was able, there was just this deep compassion. Just this, it was, I, I hate the word forgiveness because I don't believe that there is forgiveness, but um, there is something else. And I don't know what that is. So we always say, for lack of a better word, forgiveness. Um, but there was this overwhelming forgiveness that has now just like totally healed my heart in my my feelings towards her to where like I literally love talking to her and I probably talk to her more than you do now and that's not yes. that's just simply because and of our busy schedule. We're having a great time with her too I mean we it's really loose and it's better than it's ever been I think I can say that with oh, facts it's better yeah. than it's ever been between the three of us 
and she's trying, we're trying, we made our apologies, We've, we're coming to terms with, you know, we could have done, we need to apologize more, actually, we need to tell her, you know, sorry for wearing the bare naked family shirts to... Yeah, we need to own up to certain things, that, because I, the, the way she apologized to me, she nailed certain things that I've needed to hear her, I've needed to hear for 30 years. Yeah. And, and when you, because you can't just say, I'm just sorry for all the stuff, you know, it's like, no, like, I want to know no. what, if you know what the stuff is, so we can know that we can move on. But like you're right. And the ownership of it is yeah. she's, she is acknowledging, and I hope we've acknowledged at some level anyway, what the, the anger, the, the negative emotions that she felt, she acknowledged those. Yes. You know? Yeah. And the negative emotions, not, I don't want to be right or wrong. These were negative emotions, and I was, I've been a bitch, you know? Yeah. And um, yeah. I need to do, I want to do that. Because I've so, been a bitch to her. Right. God, I'm, I was a tough kid to raise. And I was also wonderful. You were, yeah. I, but I, I was a tough kid for her to raise. Because I broke away from tradition of what is, what they're used to. But, but that's, you. that's not a tough kid. That's just being a kid. It's, the parent's job is to love that kid despite breaking off from your own traditional ideals of that you what you want your kid to do because look at our kids you know look at the things that we complain about you know like I wish the kids would do this this and this or be this this and this way but it doesn't mean like we're like and some of them are challenging very challenging for us but we do not break from the love that we have for them so the, I'd love you even if you were Jeffrey Dahmer if you even if you were Jeffrey Dahmer we'd still love you that's what we tell the kids um, movie quote go find it movie quote yep um, and a wonderful movie, sleeper movie, one of our favorites in the world, so go find yes. it. Um, so I don't think you, you need to keep saying that you are this tough kid. You were just a kid, and that is what kids do. They break away. They challenge. They rebel. Oh, I was a kid with the fucking drumstick, and yeah. I wasn't the kid. I wasn't the choir boy. You I'm know? just saying that it doesn't mean that you're tough. It just means that you're fucking human. And you know what? Your mom was doing some shit at the time that, you know, that was tough, too. My mom had a ball. Yeah, she was... That woman had some fun. She's yeah. had a good life. She's, she's... And I've always admired her, and I've told her this many times, how much I admire her work. I actually tried to connect her to my life and changing with, like, Mom, you taught me to live your dreams. I mean, what's more dreamy than saying, I want to run horse horses. I want to make a living off of horses. And she did it. Yeah. And, and made a life for other people in it too. Yeah. So she's she's legendary in the horse world in San Antonio. There, you know, she's brought yeah. up all these girls around horses and and riding lessons, and they've all gotten involved in the horses oh, as grown women. Oh, people admire her. For, yeah. So yeah. anyway, she's an admirable woman. Where are we going with the end of this podcast? That's it. It's over. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, here we we've talked about all that stuff. Now we've healed, and we've we've talked about the forgiveness. See, we're rehashing shit. We should just. End I know. It. I'm just trying to figure out. I I don't want to just end it. I feel like fucking giving it an end, and then we end it. Um, one of the things too is is now we're raising our kids. We're we're trying to teach them this forgiveness thing, to give grace to her the way that we're finding it because it's very confusing for our uh, grown kids now who have seen all this unfold over the years, and now we're like best friends with with his mom again and it's kind of confusing for them because they were like I thought we were supposed to be mad at her or upset or you know not not like that but like they have their own reasons for being mad and upset <laughs> I think they're probably just over it they're just like fuck whatever well, and sometimes they don't yes. it's not a different like this is my mom and the woman that 
it was kind of your mom and you know you looked to be a part of this yeah. whole thing and the kids participated at granny's farm and had some tractor and horse rides and and um it's different for them you know she as a granny has been more actually our kids bitch about that is they i've heard i've heard at least one of them say how they didn't have grandparents you know and that's sad yeah. but not wrong no. I mean, they, they, and that's part, and we need to own up to part of that. I'm sorry, kids, but. Well, that's you know, what I'm trying to teach them better. now is like, yeah, like I'm trying, I, you know, I've spent enormous amounts of time texting and talking and, and conversations with our kids of like, this is why I'm talking with her. This is what's happening for us. Yes, I was very angry and hurt and did these things, but like now it's not like that. And I, and I don't know how to make it any simpler for them other than the word forgiveness or another word for forgiveness. Now I'm trying to teach my adult children to feel, to have the empathy to feel what I feel because where this would be a great ending point is I said, Greg, isn't it so great to not have so much hate in our heart anymore yes. for 28 years? And not all of it was hate. It was just, you know, tolerating and it was like bullshit. Well, also trying to, I was talking about this earlier is, is trying to change her, try to make her see my way, yeah. try to have her have my opinion. You know, and it's bullshit. She's not gunnish. That's not who she is. No. So we call her. We have this great conversation with her. She babbles on and on, and it's cute and lovely. And, but she's telling us on this last phone call, and actually the last few phone calls have been really heavy on our hearts because she's lonely. Now where she's getting old, we've lost all this time. I'm terrified of losing any more time with her because we're not going to have her a long time. And she's going through all this stuff. Diddy lasted to 99. That's 19 years. Yeah. Diddy was a whole different thing, though. Like, she... Different. Yes, I, I hear what you're saying. And, but, it's, and, and it's you not, do, and we're travelers. It's and not so about her, like, living to 99. If she starts losing her mind and not being able to remember dementia, Alzheimer's, we only have this small window before any of that happens. And we're already seeing the, the, the age take an effect on her mind. I'm just saying, like, this is a great end because it's like, this is what we got off the phone call and we just said, it's so great to not be so full of hate and animosity towards her anymore. Now we're completely opposite of, like, fuck, these phone calls are getting harder and harder with her because she's more and more lonely. Now with all the shit going on in the this year, she's been terrified. She's kind of, yeah, well, she's married, but it's just different and 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 she, the, the relationship with Greg is her... Different. Yeah, her and Greg have always chatted, and and I just feel like she's scared, and she's getting old, and I want nothing more than to, like, take care of her and help her through that. She, like, I was saying, she was going through all these boxes of old drawings from when Greg was little, and she's sending me all these pictures, and I just, it's just so nice to be thinking of her that way, and thinking about her care, and thinking about just being, showing up there for her, not in yeah. Harry Potter clothes this time. You know? Well, hopefully we'll get down there for winter. Yeah, and then, so here we are, like, we're calling her 15 miles from the Canadian border, entering Minnesota, and you've got Texas on the mind with her a little bit, you know, in the back of our mind, just trying to get down there to make time, and, and who knows, we're in Minnesota today, Wisconsin tomorrow, I don't know, like... No earlier in November in Texas. No, definitely not, we're going <laughs> to skip summer, because damn, but, uh... My point is, is, it's not about Texas. It's about your mom, and it's about yeah. the care, and it's about the love. It has nothing to do with anything other than that. And it's just a good place to be. It is a good place to be. Well said, Jenny. Yeah. I love you, Jenny. I love you too.